0: Hello and welcome to the Scattered Abroad Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I thank you so much for joining us today. With me today is Lima, Joshua Cantrell, and Daniel Webster. We like to call him D-Webb. We're excited about sitting here and talking about the Bible. Thank you so much for being with us on this third episode of our new season of the Scattered Abroad Podcast. Our theme for this year is Scattering the Seed. And we encourage you to go back and listen to episodes one and two. Uh, if you have the opportunity to do so. In fact, we kind of want to build off of our last episode. We discussed scattering the seed with family. And in this episode, we'll discuss scattering the seed with our friends. Before we get into that discussion, I do want to remind you that you can find us on social media. You can find us on our Facebook page. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. Also, we encourage you to email us at the scatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com and also check out our website scatteredabroad.org. If you have any concerns, comments, questions, you can contact us there. You can also find our podcasts that come out. We have new biblical content every day of the week, and we hope and pray that this will be beneficial for you and that we can glorify God through this effort. With that being said, again, we thank you for being with us, and we look forward to this study today, Scattering the Seed with Our Friends. Guys, we've established uh, so far in this season that the seed is the Word of God. We go back to Jesus. One of the few parables that he breaks down and explains, uh, we know parables to reveal truth but also to conceal truth. If you didn't want to know it, keep going on your way. But if you did, Jesus will take the time to proclaim it. And that's a very simple parable, but how powerful is it? that He says the seed is the Word of God. That's a simple statement, but extremely powerful. We've discussed so far and we've established The power's not in the messenger, but in the message. And so when we scatter the seed with our family members, it's all about pointing them to the Bible. And the same is true with our friends. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, we have friends in our sphere of influence who are not Christians. So, what challenges arise when we try to uh, teach and preach the gospel to friends who are not Christians?
1: I think for me, there's a comfort level that I have noticed with a lot of people, even myself. Um, I can remember when I first obeyed the gospel, I had a lot of friends who weren't members. And I was just very cautious about telling them about what the Bible had to say. But now, uh, 10 to 15 years later, my mind kind of runs over to Mark 2, verse number one and following. If you guys remember there, they tore a roof in somebody's house you know, and lowered their friend down to Jesus. And I always sure. emphasize there, we're, if, if we're not tearing roofs down to get our friends to Jesus, <laughs> uh, do we really love them? You wow, know, like yeah, we say yeah. we do. Hmm. And it takes us getting out of our comfort zone for sure. And I think a lot of times people think being a Christian, oh, I'm just going to kind of go in my little shell. But that's the, that's the exact opposite of what it is to be a Christian. Sure. And we have a lot of friends who aren't members. And the thing we should be willing to do is get out of our comfort zone because we want them to go to heaven. We want Absolutely. them to be saved and want to do everything we can possible to make that happen.
0: Absolutely. Well, what are some ways that, that we can get out of our comfort zone? What what things can we bring up to our friends that maybe kind of help
2: us get that conversation started? Well, one one of the things you, you got to remember, what made you friends in the first place? So, oh, yeah. So usually you're friends because you, you may grew up together or you... You are on the same sports team. Mm-hmm. Your fans of the same team, and, and you got to find that common ground and mm-hmm. reconnect through that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, not something sinful, but you know you got to find common ground. All right? Where like you cheering can for use, the Auburn yeah. Tigers and that kind of. thing. You know, <laughs> 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 yeah. we be brethren. Though. Yeah, yeah. You got to use uh, those bridges uh, that that, that does connect your. It's in your friendship to 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 reconnect and and because, I say reconnect because. I still have friends that, that we're friends on Facebook and we grew up together, but we haven't talked to each other in, in quite a long time, yeah. right? But we're still friends, you know, and so it's good to revisit some of those memories that are good to right. reconnect through them.
0: Well, so. I think that's the key is is establishing that common ground, that common interest, and it may start off with a conversation about sports, right? It may mm-hmm. start off with that or you go back to a time that you remember and you can laugh about it enjoy it. But then at some point, you bring up Christianity. You bring up the Lord's Church. That can be very difficult, especially if that friend remembers you before mm-hmm. you became a Christian. I know personally that that's happened to me. Right. A lot of my really good friends are like, you're a preacher now? <laughs> huh? You're, what are you trying to talk to me about? And that can be difficult to overcome. Yes, so we have friends, friends in our in our friendship circles, our sphere of influence, who are not Christians, but uh, if, I think if we can apply these things, it can help us to open up uh, that door. Well, here's another question to think about. We can spend some time on this one. And I think the answer is pretty straightforward, but maybe we can explain a little bit. Will our friends always agree with us when it comes to the Bible? Yes.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem, right? Always, <laughs> always agree. Yeah.
0: Um, here, here's the thing to think about with that. The Bible is always going to be right. Right. Yeah. And the, the standard of truth is not going to change regardless of how I feel about it, how mm-hmm. I view it, my emotions, what somebody says about it. The truth of God's word is, is going to be there. And I, that's a great comfort uh, for us as Christians. So we've established they're not always going to agree with us when it comes to the Bible. But maybe let's talk about for a little bit. Maybe the truth of God's word is not going to change, but then how we need to always go back to this when we mm-hmm. talk to our friends.
1: That's right. I think we have to meet people where they are. Yeah, uh, I know mm-hmm. very often. I'm sure you guys know it as well. Sometimes having Bible studies with with certain individuals, certain friends, or family members, we'll ask them a question about their religious affiliation or you know how familiar they are with the Bible. And for the most part, most people believe in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Most people believe that there is a God and the Word of God is His word to us.
3: Especially in the South, kind of where right where for sure for us three are yeah.
1: right. And so one of the advantages of that is taking the word of God, having a, a meal or whatever it is with the person and kind of just meeting them where they are. Cause there have been many of, of times where I have had a meal with somebody and the meal is really just a means to an end, you know, the meal or, you know, whatever it is we're doing, playing golf or hanging out. That's really just a means to having a conversation going about the Bible. And something I like to do is just kind of ask them, like, hey, you know, what do you think about a certain passages of Scripture? And they'll tell me what they think. And then before you know it, we're having a whole discussion about the Bible and about certain truths. I know a big one today is instrumental music, you know, right. um, or the one church or certain things like that. And so for me. I know we're not going to agree on what the Bible has to say because we we look at it from two different perspectives. But it lays the groundwork for a conversation to get going.
0: Absolutely right. Good points. That's right, Lima. I know uh, we talked about this earlier before we started recording this, but you you were in the service for a while, and uh, you know playing. I played college ball, and and I know some of us have some different some different you know friends that we had, but maybe we're at a different stage in life now than we were. So maybe talk about some of the challenges that you faced, and what are some ways that that you can, I don't know, maybe show them. Hey, listen, this is the path I'm on now, and I would love to stay friends. But please understand. that Now I'm I'm I've, ch- I've changed. I'm different.
2: Yeah, um, I became a Christian while I was in the military, so so I had to make that adjustment. Oh this, yeah, I mean I was in the talks with you know military talking. Mm-hmm a lot of cursing, and all that other worldly stuff. So I used to do that with them, and now I come back to drill, and it's like, what's going on with this guy, you know? And and, and um, a, as a baby in Christ around that time, it was so discouraging, oh, sure. you know? And I was like, I'm trying to change my life, and, and I want to help these, these guys too. One thing you can't, um, you can't let happen is that you don't want to Isolate yourself to a point where, you know what? I'm just gonna be here. Mm-hmm. They'll be point. over there. That's good point. Be- because we do feel like that. Yeah. Towards mm-hmm. our friends, like you know what? I'm since I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. I just wanna be sort of like out of this world, right? But, but we're in the world for a purpose. Yeah, there you go. And, yeah. and, you know, yeah. Some of our friends are drunkards. Some of our friends uh, are are practicing these sinful practices. What, what did Jesus? Do when he came and he sat with them, he conversated with them. So, so we have to maintain that that friendship and, and be willing to say, you know what? Okay. I I know where I stand Mm -hmm. and I understand that they don't know the truth yet. So, so I can't let that be a reason for me to say, you know what, I don't want to, you know, (laughs) this, you know, be part, part of them. So I I think it uh,
0: goes back to what you were saying about, um, Meeting them where they're at and, and keeping that relationship. Because if you isolate yourself, it's going to be really hard to, to bring them back into that, that trust that you once had.
1: Right. I know in Luke 15, 1 and 2, when Jesus was about to do the three to one parable with the, the lost sheep, the corn and the boy. And in verse 2 and 3, the Bible says he's eating or he's sitting with the public and sinners. Well, you know, Jesus always put himself out there in those situations. And I think if he had he not done it, of course, we wouldn't know how to do it but it just kind of goes to show us that Jesus put himself in uncomfortable situations to save these people. That's it. So,
3: Man. And it becomes uncomfortable with friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, man, right there in that text, you know, you have the scribes and Pharisees complaining because he did that. And I think that's a, that's a message for us to be careful. Mm -hmm. Um, As in some ways, religious leaders, you know, um, in our our job, we're all paid ministers. Um, We have to be careful not to, slip into that fair mindset where we look down on people That's because right. of their associations. Um whereas, you know, like I've heard it said Jesus wouldn't be accepted in some of our in some of our assemblies, right. some of our friend groups because of who he's friends with, the kind mm-hmm. of things he talked about, you know, just and obviously not, not cursing or anything like that, but mm-hmm. just the right. uh, yeah. you know, the associations he have with the the real outcast of society and the people who religious people looked down on and didn't appreciate, you know? Oh. Uh, I think it's just we have to be really careful not to slip into that and truly be like Jesus. Well, and
0: and there's got to be a balance, too. It's not to say that we're endorsing what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not to say, hey, you keep doing what you're doing, that's fine, but just understand. No, I I think maybe by setting that example, they're going to see that. And maybe at first they'll be, huh, he's different now. Why is he acting like that? But, man, they, they can gain some respect for you if you continue that. But the moment that you slip back into Oh, well, we're friends. I don't want to rot the boat with our friendship. Mm-hmm. So uh, he knows where I stand. But when I'm around him, you know, we'll we'll keep doing the things we used yeah. to do. If you can take that stance, man, that friendship can really grow and be something very, very mm-hmm. special. Even more special if he he or she becomes a brother or sister in Christ. Now you're talking about a whole different kind of friendship.
1: That's right. That you that's right. I I respect that person because they did not allow me to influence them. Right. They were willing to stand their ground and try to influence me. Exactly. It reminds me of Saul of Tarsus. You know, imagine, you know, I kind of saw it on Facebook one time. Imagine, you know, Stephen clapping as, you know, as Paul walks into heaven, you know, the guy just kind of making <laughs> yeah. a point there. Just how, just how amazing the transformation yeah, a person can happen exactly. with the gospel. Yeah. So. And you
0: mentioned Saul, and I thought about that earlier when we were talking about, you know, becoming a Christian and then going back. Imagine what he went through. And we see Barnabas coming to his That's aid. Right. Thankfully, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> here's a man who was just persecuting Christians, and now he's preaching the gospel. And people are like, "Huh? What?" <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe some of some of friends in, in the past may look at us that way. But what did Saul do? He didn't compromise. He didn't go back to that. And thankfully, Barnabas again being a true friend, he's like, "Hey, he's he's preaching the truth now. He's with us. He's on our side." And, and then you see him going off and 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 doing what was right. So. Yeah. Our friends are not going to always agree with us, but that's okay because it's not about agreeing with us. It's about yeah. going to the Word of God. It's about saying, listen, I'm not saying that, that you need to, you know, it's not about me. It's not about me being right and you being mm-hmm. wrong. It's about the Bible's always right. Let's let's go to that. And, and again, that friendship can can be strengthened. You know, Jesus said, whoever does the will of my Father, whoever does my commandments, that's my friend. You know, no greater love has any man to lay down his life for his friends. You right. are my friends right. if you do this. So how does God view and value friendship? We look throughout the Bible, you know, Abraham was called a friend of God. So friendship is definitely a biblical thing. And, and I think, you know, having that friend is very important. But we've yeah. got to be careful that that friendship doesn't cost us yeah. our soul. That's man, right. Right?
2: There, there's that balance. Uh, James also says, you know, you don't want to be a friend of the world. Man, oh, I yeah. Yeah. out yeah. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, man, <laughs> this is a scary text. Yeah. Like, You know, mm-hmm. uh, and thinking about
3: our literal friendships with people in the world. Right. James says, "Who do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? But mm. you know, it puts that barrier between you and God. Mm. Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's right. That's that's a position you don't want to make yourself. Yeah, <laughs> like you do not want to put yourself in that situation. That's no, right. You
0: can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church yeah. because Satan owns the fence, right? <laughs> you can't straddle the fence. Um, I like that. Yeah. And our friends need to see that conviction in us. Like you said, I I've got a respect for him because he stands up for truth, even even though it may be a painful, you know, moment. Uh, perhaps you go out uh, to a ball game and your old friend orders an alcoholic beverage, and, and you say, No, I'm not going to do that. He might look at you funny. He might say, "Oh, you think you're better than me because yeah, you're not doing that's right.
2: that's that." But right. over time, man, I respect that decision, that he made. And that's going to come back. Like if you if you remain faithful, usually, and 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 in, in some level, I'm sure we've experienced this where we've never heard from a friend, but they are going through a difficult time, and then they reach out to you because they oh, know man. you are someone of the faith. That's huge, you know. And they reach out, "Hey, I need your help," you know. And that's that's when are you know, not compromising the truth, being faithful to God—that's where your or your example really creates that opportunity for you to, mm-hmm. hey, well, let's study. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm so glad you came back, and and I, I respect that you you want to talk to me about this. Sure. You know, it, it will come back. Your faithfulness mm-hmm. uh, to God will will help you.
0: Yeah, they'll they'll remember that, and, and yeah. they'll know. Uh, in that time, who can I reach out to? They're not going to reach out to their worldly friends, that's right? Because yeah. they're going through the same things. And that's not yeah. to say that we as Christians won't face worldly problems, but we handle them different. Exactly. You know, we both go through adversity. Maybe he's he's you know just lost his job. Well, maybe as a Christian, I just lost my job. But he sees the way that I'm going through that adversity. He might reach out to me. And, yeah, that, that can bolster that friendship, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and we have to remember that they're always watching. Oh, you're the Christian. Oh, yes. you're, you're the child yes. of God. And it's a phrase I like to, you know, use when I'm preaching as Christians. You know, we don't have time to look like what we're going through, mm. you know, because everyone is watching that. us, the world is watching us, our friend, our family members, and they're wanting to see, oh, you say you're a Christian. I know you're going through something. I want to see how you respond to it. Right. First Peter 4, 16, if any man suffer as a Christian, Second uh, Timothy 3.12, all live godly, suffer persecution. I think those verses kind of help us as Christians to know eventually we're going to hit something. Exactly. And how we respond to it really makes the difference, not only to us, but those around us who's watching us as well.
0: And I think that goes back to the theme of this episode, scattering the sea with our friends. Yes, of course, the ultimate aim, he talked about a means to an end of a meal, mm-hmm. is to get them into a Bible study. That's where we want to take them, but it may not be that we are teaching them from the start that's it right. may be by our example and that's what builds mm. that trust and builds that relationship back up mm. uh let you mentioned something i had a co-worker that i worked with in the tire factory before i went to preaching school and he was an atheist but every morning we would take our crew and, and i was privileged to lead a, a, a crew there and they told us not to pray so we'd go down one of the, the dark aisles you know and, and we'd have prayer and it was amazing at first he wouldn't come and then when something happened he would come And then after I left, it was two years after I left, he went through something and reached out and said, hey, I know that you're somebody who prays. You pray for me. This is somebody who didn't believe in God. So, again, not to say that about me, but just to say that the impact you can have and the true friendship is different from what the world defines friendship as, right? A true friend is going to be there. The Bible says there's one that sticks closer than a brother. Uh, I know you guys were singing that. That song earlier, No, Not One, but yeah, man, isn't that, isn't that wonderful yeah, blessing? Yeah. We've got a friend called Jesus. He knows exactly what it's like mm-hmm. to go through all of these things. We need to be that friend that points people to him and say, listen, if you want a true friend, Jesus is the one who who really uh, you need to confide in.
1: Yeah, You triggered a thought for me, Drew. In Genesis 39, verse 2, Potiphar's house was blessed because Joseph was in it. Mm-hmm. And Potiphar knew his house was being blessed. Man, there's something different That's right. about this Joseph. And three or four times we find that phrasing. the Lord was with Joseph. So mm-hmm. he knew even when his wife came to him, he knew she was lying right. because he knew that there was something uniquely different mm-hmm. about the young man that was in his house and how he had such an influence on Potiphar um, that made an impression yeah. on him.
0: And there ought to be something different about us. Mm-hmm. The world That's ought right. to be able to see this. You know, uh, Matthew 5, 16, Philippians mm-hmm. chapter 2, you shine as lights in this That's crooked right. generation. Yeah we've got to be reflecting the light of Christ. And so people see that and say, mm. there's something different about him mm. or there's something different about her. What uh, I, w- I want to be around that person, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, so if we're, we're going around with our heads down and we don't handle adversity the godly way, the right way, it's going to be hard for them to see the impact. But the way that we carry ourselves through things, that's a way that open the door to share the gospel with our friends. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
3: Sometimes when people go through the troubles and trials, tribulations of this world, they need something that's not of this world. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Amen. And, and and really we all need that at all times. Yeah. But it can open that door, open their eyes. Um, I, I'm sure we've experienced that even mm-hmm. I, I think that's something that's not even necessarily just a conversion type thing. It's it's in our in our Christian walk, when we go through things that are just tough in this life, we're like, man, this this is a good reminder for me to be like, you know, I need to keep my eyes focused up instead of, you know, on everything that's, right. that's around me. That's right.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and like you said, it, it, you need to be that real true friend. Mm. Um, mentioned in the Bible, the way it talks about friendship, I just think that's something that we've got to be impressed with is uh, look at those those relationships that they had. We've got to be able to establish that. And to the ultimate goal that they can learn God's truth and obey him. Mm. And And here's the thing. We mentioned it earlier. There's a friendship and there's a bond that you have, but the bond that you have in Christ is just on a different level. It's different. Mm -hmm. And if we can get our friends to see that, that can make a a huge impact.
1: Mm -hmm. Just think about us. All four of us are from different walks and backgrounds of life, yet we're all good friends, brothers in Christ. And the (laughs) only thing that could have made that possible—
3: it's Jesus. Yeah. It's Jesus. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. He, he can do that. I mean, I'm sitting between a Clemson fan and an Auburn fan. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and exactly. I'm not like fighting. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. Man. Well, you
0: mentioned that. You think about the, the 12 uh, disciples of Jesus. Man, you talk about a, a diverse group. Man. Different oh, man. backgrounds. Yeah. You've man, got right. one who was zealous for Jerusalem, one who was zealous for the Romans, and yet now they're that's friends. Right. That's right. Yeah. Because Jesus can turn enemies into friends
1: tax collectors and exactly it
0: brings them all together and so we can do that with our friends too they're they're friends and 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 lima you said something earlier that i think it hopefully will help us meet them where they're at right don't separate yourself be with them eat with them share with them Mm -hmm. but also make sure that they know listen i'm not going down that path with you yeah i'm your true (laughs) friend and i want you to make the right decision not because it's me because this is what the bible teaches us to do.
2: That's right. And that that triggered a thought in my mind um that that naturally as christians we we should be developing new friendships, right? Definitely. Like, we, like with lost people mm-hmm. because that's that's really the route. Right? You that's right. No one no one's going to study the bible with you if you just walk up to them, "Hey, you want to study with me?" That's <laughs> right. You know, uh, you might you might get someone that's yeah. like, "Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, but the people that, that have sat down with me are people that say, Hey, how are you? And I got to yeah. know you. Hey, let's meet for lunch another time. Yeah. And then three meetings later we brought up the Bible. You there know, you so so we gotta yes, reach out up to our current friends, but also make new friends because that's that's, right. that's the goal of, of of being the light of the world, you mm, exactly. you want to bring people to Christ. That's it. So. And that's the
1: beauty about the church again, because as preachers, you know we're we're studying, we're working, but members, like, hey, mm. you yeah, know, yeah. you guys yeah. got to go get it. That's They're right. You know, in
0: Absolutely. the world in a different sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good point. And you can't talk to somebody about their soul if you don't know their name. Mm. Yeah. If you don't know who they are, you, you got to yeah. build that that bond, that relationship.
3: Yeah. And it's that old like cliche, maybe cliche, but. I think the more we, we minister and, and go through life, we find out that it's really true that people really don't care how much you know until mm-hmm. they know how much that's you right. care. That's, yeah, right. that's a very
0: good point. That's right. And I think that's a great way to kind of sum up what we've discussed so far.
1: Yeah, that's right. Is
0: they need to know that we really care about them, mm-hmm. uh, not just on a you know, superficial kind of friendship, but uh, you know, this is very deep and, and this has eternal consequences, the things that we're trying to discuss. Mm-hmm. But all the things that we've said, there does come a time, unfortunately, When a friend will, if I can put it this way, give you an ultimatum. Mm. We can be friends, but don't bring up the Bible. Um, At what point, to use a biblical expression, at what point is it time to shake the dust off of your feet when you're trying to reach a friend and they give you
3: something like that? Before we start, kind of dive in, I just, I kind of looked up the phrase as you were talking about it and... It appears in in all three of the Synoptic Gospels. Which, if you you know, if you study the the Synoptic, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, mm-hmm. and and then also John, uh, the the fourth Gospel, there are very few things really that appear in each of them. Mm-hmm. And to me, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. so interesting to, that it kind of underscores the importance of this concept. Sure. and it's one that I don't think we really talk about very much because it's it's not easy to talk about. Yeah, that's right. But it's it's something that matters, mattered to Jesus, mattered to his his apostles. So.
2: And it's, yeah. it's hard to give up or, or to move on, if you will, yeah. um, from someone that you truly love, you know, because yeah. that's right. true friendship is, yeah. it's hard to move, say, you know, ah, you know what? I got to move on. Right. But there, 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 there is the point where you have to move on. Yeah. Uh, Jesus said, you know, don't cast your pearls for swine because, right. um, someone else needs to hear the mm-hmm. message mm-hmm. and, and. When exactly do you move on? Yeah, I know yeah. the first episode
1: <laughs> you guys talked about the parable of the sower. One out of four,
2: man, that's tough. Yeah, that is that is tough.
1: Sure. But that's you know, but that's how it is. Unfortunately, that's right.
0: Well, and, and two, we think about God giving the increase. I think sometimes we try to measure success by human standards mm. instead sure. of saying, you know what, God's the one who measures man. success. Amen. Man. Success in evangelism is presenting the truth in a loving way. Then it's up to them what they do with it, right? Paul said, I planted Apollo's water. God gave the increase. We plant that seed, and we continue to try it up to water, if you will. But ultimately, it's, it's up to them, their decision. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we live in God's hands. Yeah. That right. goes back
1: to a point you mentioned when we first started. It's not about the messenger, but the message. Right. And, right. So, and sometimes, as we can make it about us, when we're just a small little spectacle <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's not about right. us. It's not about us.
3: Man, thinking about friends and, and how we – Love them and that that tough, just tough decision, tough time. I thought about Jesus with Judas. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah. John thirteen verse one says that Jesus loved his own mm. to the end, talking about the apostles. Mm-hmm. Well, then if you keep reading in John thirteen, you see Jesus identifies as a betrayer. He identifies Judas. And then he tells him, Wh- whatever you're going to do, you know, do it quickly. Mm-hmm. So he, I think that's an, an example of, in a way, of Jesus shaking the dust off of his feet, just yeah, saying, look. Point. Satan has entered into your heart, as it says, and you're you've given yourself over to him. And man, man you
1: got to go do it. That is after a great Everything thought. Judas had seen yeah. up to that point, yeah. he still's about to go out and betray him. Yeah,
0: man. And, and to to that point, Jesus, what a friend he was to
3: Judas. Yeah,
0: even yeah. washed his feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how hard would it be to wash the feet of the one you knows about to betray
3: you? And yet yeah. he did. Well, it's amazing. And think about it, like the disciples had spent just about every second of every day with Jesus for three years. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, think about what he had seen, what he had done. I mean, Mm -hmm. it seems like he did miracles. If you read Mm -hmm. Matthew's account, it says that the apostles were doing miracles. So Jesus, I mean, Judas himself is doing these miracles. But then, if you read this account in John 13, the apostles, the other disciples, had no idea who the betrayer was. Even after all of that time, even after Jesus saying, you know, one of you is going to betray me. They're all saying, "Is is it I?" And then even when when Jesus says, "You know, it's the one who's dipping the the sop or, or whatever yeah. he said what in the dish or whatever," mm-hmm. they still, I mean, have no idea. Well, even when he says, "Whatever you do, go, you know, just get it over with," they think they he's going wondering. to buy stuff for the poor, that kind of thing. So, man, what a friend! You That's know, right. just he loved him so much no and treated
1: partiality. him so well. Yeah. The yeah. other yeah. disciples didn't even know. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Gonna be amazing. That's amazing wow. to think
2: about, and it, and it impacted Judas because. Because after the, he betrayed Jesus, he, he realized what yeah. happened.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. No
1: doubt. Uh, good thought. That's a good thought, Daniel. That's yeah. that's powerful, man. And that
0: same friendship he extended to Judas, he extended to Peter. Yeah. yeah. You know, Peter denied him, too. Yeah, But Peter went out and, of course, responded different. But I love mm. the way that the, the end of the account ends there in John. It's go and tell the disciples and Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's powerful. Let Peter know that hey, I'm still your friend. Mm-hmm. You betrayed yeah. me, but I'm still here for you. Yeah. yeah. So there is a time mm-hmm. when you have to say, "All right, I'm going to have to move on," but let's try to keep that relationship mm-hmm. strong because a true friend will invest in where the other spends eternity. Yeah. yeah. If you if you really want a true friend, find somebody that cares about your soul and where you're going to spend eternity.
3: man thinking about Jesus and Peter, I mean John 21. Yeah, you know, right, absolutely. After, yeah. after Peter denies him and all all of that, Jesus <laughs> goes out of his way to spend some solo time with sure. with Peter. You know, and and he asks him three times after Peter denied him three times. Right. He asks him three times, "Do you love me?" And you know that you, you can see that parallel really throughout John in so many places that uh, literary device of parallelism. But absolutely. specifically there, where Peter is being restored, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and and. Jesus says, or well, he entrusts him with this tremendous responsibility. Yeah. He said, "Even after what you've done, feed my sheep." And mm-hmm. then we fast forward to First Peter five, and, mm-hmm. and what does he say? He says, right. "I'm a shepherd." So That's I mean, right. you know, when we give people a second chance like that, so there is, you know, like we kind of talked about last uh, in the last episode with that that tension, that balance between grace and truth. This is another one where, man, that is a, it's a delicate balance, and yeah. in and in, you know, in friendships, and because it's emotional, sure. it's personal, but finding that finding the right amount of tension is something we, we all have to work on because Absolutely. look at how it can turn out. There you time. go. Yeah.
0: And extending that friendship is, will help us be more like Jesus. That's what he did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, guys, thank you so much for your comments, for your study. Uh, and to our listeners, thank you for being with us. We hope and pray that this episode will help you to scatter the sea with your friends. Again, please go and, and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Check out our website, scatterbroad.org. Check out our daily podcasts that are coming out. And again, we thank you so much for tuning in today, and we hope that you'll be back with us next time. May God bless you. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this
3: episode.
2: Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use. And please continue to keep our network in your prayers.
0: As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much and God bless.